Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. Welcome back, everybody. We're sitting here with Dr. Blake Schusterman out of Greenville, South Carolina. Doctor, thank you for joining us this morning, aka The Cooking Doc. That's right, The Cooking Doc. Yeah. Multiple identities here. Uh, multiple identities. I've seen some of your your recipes, some of the the pictures you've posted. I'd love to hop into some of, of the cooking and, and the healthy eating aspect of what you're all about. But before that, why not introduce yourselves to our listeners, letting, let them know who you are, where you're from, and, and what it is you do. Sure. So I am a nephrologist, which is a technical term for a kidney doctor, Mm -hmm. and I've been down in Greenville for about 10 years. I work for a private practice called Carolina Nephrology. I am originally from Baltimore, Maryland. I lived there for about eight years, and then I've kind of uh, been all over uh, between that time and coming down to Greenville. You know, you move around a lot with medical school and undergraduate and residency, and but I settled down here about 10 years ago. Did you always know you wanted to be a doctor or was it something you kind of fell into through school? You know, I I had an inkling kind of going through high school Mm -hmm. uh, that I wanted to be a physician. And so you kind of have to decide early because you have to do pre-med classes in undergraduate school. But I kind of have a, um, I kind of looked at it as where, where do my strengths fit in? And so I've got kind of a scientific mind, Yeah, but I'm also kind of a people person in that I I can uh, emotionally relate to people. So I have that kind of connection. And I thought the physician path would be kind of a nice uh, merging of those two strengths. And yeah, so that's how I got me there. I'll tell you what, I have nothing but respect for what you do. And I thank you for it. Because as I was getting into high school, my older sister, she's a chemist. And I remember the dreaded organic chemistry. Oh, my class. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and if I you can make it through class. that. Oh, man. What was that like? Well, my, you know, I went to undergraduate at Tufts in Boston. Mm -hmm. And so organic chemistry was uh, an eight o'clock class Mm -hmm. on frigid, in a frigid Boston winter. And it was tough to go to, to get up and go. And it was, it was really tough. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, it kind of made sense. It's one of those Mm -hmm. things where if you can understand the basics, then you can really make sense of the problems and yeah. I don't want to be a chemist. I don't know. It's your sister, you said? Yeah. She's I don't a, know how she does that, but um, yeah, I got through it. Yeah. I, I mentioned that because I feel as if, uh, so for me, broadcast meteorology was my major. And I remember vividly the first weather class I sat in. And it was, uh, first it was the wrong class. It was thermodynamics <laughs> of the upper atmosphere, which was way over my head for a sophomore just trying to get into it. But I remember the professor Drilling into the students, talking about how hard the class was going to be. And I feel like when you have a major, um, whether it's broadcast meteorology or whether it's into chemistry or medicine, I feel as though the coursework almost tests your resilience to make sure you really want it because they almost have to weed out the kids that aren't really there. That's true. Yeah. Did you notice that while you were going through studies, some folks who kind of just couldn't cut it? For sure. I mean, and in some ways, I think that's helpful, right? You get people that... uh, that really maybe don't have the dedication to want to get through it. You know, in some ways also though, I feel that uh, I don't use any organic chemistry <laughs> in my day-to-day work. Yeah. And so even if somebody can't make it through an or- a hard organic chemistry class, I, I still believe that they may be able to be a really good doctor. Absolutely. So, you know, it kind of cuts both ways. Yeah. And just when you were talking about um, the weather mm-hmm. stuff, 
uh, funny story. When I was growing up, all my, all my family used to call me weatherman. Really? Because I loved the weather so much. That would have probably been my backup uh, career had yeah. I not gone into uh, medicine. You probably would make a great weatherman. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I'd say let's switch careers, but I wouldn't be good at <laughs> with the night. <laughs> so talk about finishing up medical school and um, starting getting into the practice. I'm sure you probably had to go through residency first. How do you select? I've always been... I guess fascinated how um, the specialty comes about. Sure. Yeah. Now, uh, for me, it was um, it was a couple things. It was a process of elimination, mm-hmm. and it was having a good mentor. Nice. So, um, you know, medical school, you go through all your different specialties. Uh, quickly rule out the things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Knew I didn't want to do uh, OBGYN, uh, pediatrics. Uh, I liked the operating room, but. Uh, I, the sterile environment just wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, I couldn't quite keep still enough not to break the sterile field. Yeah. Um, so then kind of internal medicine is the choice where you get to talk to a lot of people and you're, you're really focusing on the, the medicine mm-hmm. in the body. So you, I made that choice and, and you go through three years of internal medicine residency. Mm-hmm. Then you have to pick a specialty after that if you want. And wow. so, um, again, it's kind of process of elimination. I didn't want to do cardiology or gastroenterology and then, uh, the kidneys were interesting, mm-hmm. and then I had a fabulous mentor uh, at the University of Virginia who j- just kind of showed me um, how I could succeed in that career, yeah. and um, I just loved everything. He was such a smart guy and such a great teacher that um, I just um, followed kind of right down his path. Yeah, and if you would, if you don't mind, Dr. Schusterman, educate me on the kidney, its importance in the body sure. and, and and its usefulness. Let me, I'll just say first that mentor's name is Dr. Mitch Rosner in case he ever happens to listen to this. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so the kidneys are, you have two kidneys that kind of sit under your ribs and your back, kind of on either side of the spine. Mm-hmm. And uh, their main um, job really is to filter the blood. So they get rid of all the uh, extra toxins that your body doesn't need after you eat food. Mm-hmm. They get rid of all the extra fluid that your body doesn't need. You drink too much water, your kidneys know exactly how much water to uh, urinate out, exactly how much potassium, if you've eaten too much potassium. Uh, so that's their main job. Yeah. They also have a lot of other little jobs. They're very complicated little organs. They, uh, they produce hormones that do things like help the, um, the blood cells grow. They produce hormones that are related in your blood pressure monitoring, uh, in, your, in your bone health. They really do a lot of things. Yeah. So they're almost like the filter system of your body. They're the filter system, exactly. And I I asked that question to kind of set up this segue because, you know, as as anyone that wants to follow you on Instagram or follow you on social, the cooking doc, and you you, you talk about hashtag change your buds and the importance of a healthy diet. I imagine that might tie into having a healthy diet can help your filtering system operate a little bit better, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Where did the passion for healthy eating, cooking food, was that always something that was was something you wanted to pursue and then you married it with being a doctor or was that something that came about later in Not life? particularly. Yeah, it's really something that came about during my practice here in uh, South Carolina. I, um, you know, I tell this story, the first, the first day I got out of fellowship, mm-hmm. I had a uh, a tour of a dialysis unit. And a dialysis unit is where people go when their kidneys have failed completely. Okay. And they go, if they need dialysis, they go to a dialysis center and they get on a machine three times a week 
for about four hours at a time. And mm-hmm. that machine cleans their blood the way their kidneys would. Mm-hmm. doesn't do a perfect job, but it, but it cleans their blood. And so my first day of working down here, I was meeting one of my partners out at the uh, uh, dialysis unit. And when I got there, I did my little tour. And in the lobby were these uh, two vending machines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the left side were, um, you know, potato chips, Fritos, Mars bars, Hershey bars, M&Ms. On the left side... There's Coca-Cola, Orange Crush, Mountain Dew. Yeah. And um, the two biggest risk factors for kidney disease are diabetes and high blood pressure. Wow. And, and all I could think to myself is here we are, we're trying to educate these people about how to make changes and how to do the right thing for their body. And we're providing them with absolutely the wrong food. Yeah. So that was kind of an eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and then kind of over the, the course of the next five to 10 years, as some other things happened, kind of, I kind of stumbled into the cooking doc. Yeah. And I'd like to unpack that more. But first, what would you say to somebody who might not have, I don't want to say bad habits, let's say less than perfect yeah. eating habits. Like my executive producer who always has a bag of candy with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> I, I, I felt bad when you walked in. I was like, eh, there's a bag of candy and we have the cooking doc in the studio. <laughs> I don't judge. Yeah. But first thing, I don't judge. Yeah. What would you say to somebody with a less than perfect diet, how they can kind of improve their habits a little bit, maybe add some healthy substitutions? Um, so the first thing I, I tell people is if they're if they're looking to kind of make changes towards a healthier diet, this is something that they want to make a a long-term, something that's going to stick with them for the Mm long-term. So, you know, somebody who's 35, 40, 50, if they have a lot of uh, habits that don't, aren't what I would call healthy, these are things that have built up over 35 to 50 years or longer. So to just kind of go out one day and say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to change everything. It doesn't work. Yeah. For a lot of people, it doesn't work. And that's why fad diets often don't work. So I, I kind of take a step back and I say, well, where, where are really, where are the things that we can impact uh, immediately? Mm-hmm. Bags of candy that are always with us, things like that. You yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Andre's shedding low, a tear. Low tone of voice. <laughs> uh, but you know, if, if, if you have otherwise healthy diet and you just have some candy occasionally no big deal yeah. so anyways try to find something initially that you can do to improve your your diet and your health maybe it's stopping at fast food places mm-hmm. yeah now we'll say i do the the veggie like the little powder with almond milk in the morning and it's supposed to give me like all my all my greens all your veggies, all your all greens. Your greens. Yeah. how's that now, taste I do that it's not great, but I just do it because I know I can eat candy throughout the day and it kind of balances it out. Yeah. You know? Right. The balancing like, I have out. To do that. But I also eat like a, a well cooked meal every night. Yeah. Shout out to my lady. But that, yeah. you know, I'm not just like junking. Where I will say though, now that I've, I eat candy a lot, I have significantly decreased my fries. And <laughs> yeah. Like I used to eat fries probably three times a week, like in all seriousness. Yeah. But, well, everybody's got to have a, um, a little, kind of uh like an indulgence indulgence yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, for sure yeah. yeah i i i don't know if this is gonna say it out loud but every time i walk in the house the first thing i do is have a uh a handful of potato chips nice that's my yeah. indulgence yeah you know i go yeah, in there yeah. I, I gotta have a few potato chips yeah um but really starting out with one uh thing that is um that you can change and then working up over the course of years mm-hmm. to build in a, a healthy diet and and healthy um activities and a lifestyle that supports uh, healthy eating. 
Yeah. Uh, it takes a long time. You set yourself up for success for the rest of your life, not just for three to six months. Yeah. Cause to your point with the fad diets and I've even, I've done the keto diet for yeah. a while. And, um, I mean, I did it for eight months and a lot of people were questioning how I was able to do it. <laughs> and, um, you know, shout out to my willpower. Yeah. Um, so willpower is not the obstacle for me. It's more of a habit. Once the habit was formed, I was able to do it, but I stopped doing it because it didn't seem sustainable long-term, not necessarily for when you talk about a lifestyle diet, something that I can have for years in and out. Um, that just didn't seem like something I could maintain, which is why I got off of it. Sure. But some people look at the keto diet for the goal of losing 30 pounds. And after they lose the 30 pounds, they go back to the habits that put the 30 pounds on. What have you found through the, the years of your journey through healthy eating or whatnot? What tends to stick most with people when trying to make that transition in life to a healthier lifestyle? You know, that's a, a tough question. And some of the mm -hmm. studies that they've done show that it really has to be individualized. Yeah. So different people respond to different types of diets. Some people find that they can do intermittent fasting in, in some way or form for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. um, some people find that Weight Watchers is just a way that works with them and will help them lose weight for the rest of their life. Yeah. So the first key is to find something that, that you can stick with for the long term. Mm -hmm. um, and you find something that... Um, and the, and the other way I think it helps is um, making sure that you find uh, food that you can eat and enjoy that fits within that diet and within your lifestyle and within, uh, you know, your your family um, routines and things like that. Yeah. What are some substitutes you found? Because um, my first introduction to you was during the Nest Fest mm -hmm. and um, you partook in making this amazing sweet potato pizza and- I'm the kind of person when I eat pizza, I need meat on it. <laughs> and I, I don't think there was any meat. I think it was it sweet was potato, arugula, mm -hmm. and it was delicious. So, I mean, I would have never thought to put sweet potato on a pizza, let alone cauliflower crust, I believe. Yep. So, I mean, when I hear this and I discover it, I'm eating it and it's delicious and yeah. it's outside of the realm of what I would have thought. How do you f stumble upon those, those, I guess, substitutes and what are some of the best ones you found? Um, you know, a lot of it is, uh, but it's tough. First of all, it's tough down here because, uh, uh, oftentimes what works for me mm -hmm. does not work for, uh, people that haven't been used to kind of quinoa and, and baked chicken for yeah. the long term. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the, the other things I think I talk about, talked about in that, um, uh, presentation was the the sweet tea, which mm -hmm. is a big one for people down here because it's got a lot of carbohydrates and or a lot of calories when you put a lot of sugar in there. Yeah. So, um, you know, finding a sweet tea substitute that works for people is very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can uh, kind of plan ahead and, and one of the recipes on my site uses a little bit of uh, mint and some orange to kind of sweeten the tea without it, that's a really helpful substitution. Yeah. Um, you know, finding a uh, a healthy breakfast to eat, I think, is key. Mm -hmm. If you're a breakfast person, if you're not a breakfast person, then then you don't necessarily need breakfast. But um, I eat the same thing for breakfast. I have basically two breakfasts yeah. that I alternate between. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> I love that you said that. No, because... wait, wait. What is it? Because I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. So um, I have a uh, 
a slice or two of some uh, kind of thin whole grain toast. Mm-hmm. Dave's bread is what it's called. I, I smear on some sunflower butter, nice. some slices of bananas, and some hemp hearts. Ooh. And um, it kind of fills me up, mm-hmm. keeps me full. Mm-hmm. I don't have to think, right? Mm-hmm. If you're always trying to find something new mm-hmm. and healthy, I mean, sure, I love to try different foods, but you need something stable in your routine. Yeah. So that's one. The other is is kind of a similar thing, I guess, if I think about it, but it's a, uh, it's a whole grain waffle. Nice, uh, nice. that I top with uh, uh, fresh berries and, and some hemp hearts. Nice. So those nice. are my go-to. My wife is always telling me that she's always rolling her eyes because I'm eating the same thing every yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, to that point, um, my fiance, she's the type of person that needs something different every time she eats. Me, I mean, I can, I can, I'm boring. I can have broccoli, <laughs> white rice, and grilled chicken all week long, and I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah, but I, I know some people, they require a little bit of a variety of flavor mm-hmm. as they go about it. So having the same thing for breakfast, it just won't cut it for for someone like my fiance. I mean, more power to her. It just, for me, it takes, it just takes more work. Yeah. If you're, if, if you're ready to kind of uh, find different healthy variations or different healthy recipes and mm-hmm. uh, put them to work, I mean, that's great. Yeah. But having something kind of set yeah. that you like kind of help uh, simplify the process. Exactly. I mean, you think about so many things during the day when you got to, got to choose healthy things for lunch, for snack, for mm-hmm. dinner. You're going to have dessert bombarded with all kinds of choices in the day and uh, trying to make healthy choices, the right choices that are good for your health can be difficult. So having something that's just kind of stable, no thought is very easy. Yeah. And I, to that point too, willpower, a lot of people think you could just kind of do it all day, but it's finite. You don't have unlimited amount of willpower. So when you have to make healthy choices at dinner time and you've been deciding what to have for breakfast for lunch, you might just be like, you know what? I'm just going to call the pizza place. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And because that, um, that willpower, you know, is, uh, it's, it's not infinite. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, setting yourself up at home, uh, and setting up your life so that the healthier choices are easier to make. So you already have something available that you can just dig your hand into a bag of nuts or something, whatever yeah. uh, is really important. And something you said earlier about um, your, your breakfast with the thin slice of toast and the sunflower butter and, and the hemp hearts and stuff. And you said that fills you. And I mean, you're grown, I'm grown. And I've found, um, I went to Kuka Juice. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard that. Yeah. Um, they had, they had a sandwich. They didn't have any meat. It's all plant-based. And I got a sandwich and uh, I think it was a soup or a shake. And I was like, this isn't much. Surprisingly, I had a hard time finishing half the sandwich and the juice because, I mean, these were full, wholehearty meals. What would you say to somebody who just doesn't think they'd be filled up by things like that? Well, I think a lot of the problem is that uh, people are trying to make healthy choices that don't fill them up that uh, are like a McDonald's salad, mm-hmm. something like that, that maybe doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. Um, or they may say that, you know, I don't, I'm sure that the juice and sandwich that you got was 20 bucks yeah. close to it. Right. So yeah. they may say, well, I don't want to spend that much money on something that may not fill me up. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, uh, those kind of shakes along with the sandwich, that's kind of well-made, got wholesome ingredients. Um, it may, it, it, it probably will fill you up and yeah. you may only need half of it. Yeah. And, um, and I think that without kind of a, 
without trying it and seeing how you do and, and having an open mind going into those kind of things, it's it's hard to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. But it filled you up, right? Yeah, it did. Well, and I was I was surprised. And it didn't just fill me up for the hour. It, it felt me felt me up for a good couple of hours before my next meal. Yeah. Which I was usually, like you said, to your point, even if I get a hamburger or something, I guess it breaks down easier, doesn't fill you up as long, and then you feel like you need to eat more and you end up getting more calories throughout the day. Exactly. What do you say about, and this is just off the top of my yeah. curiosity, with uh, the recommended 2,000 calories per day and they have the the chart. And I feel like there's always studies coming out like, okay, dairy was good for you. Now dairy's not good for you. And, and so in my house, I have almond uh, almond milk. Yeah. I don't think the only dairy I will have is probably some shredded cheese here and there. Mm -hmm. And, but for the most part, I'll stick with almond milk and some snacks. I'll eat some peanuts and mixed nuts, but not too much. So yeah. what would you say with those, I guess, traditional diets that we kind of grew up learning? You know, it's a tough question to answer because uh, everybody's got kind of individual dietary needs and requirements. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, and it depends where you where you grew up, what you grew up. A lot of people grew up um, with uh, Bojangles for lunch, yeah, or they grew up with McDonald's for breakfast and pizza for dinner. So they didn't really have that. Um, they don't really have a, a basis of healthy eating that's based on kind of the guidelines that have been recommended for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the other things that you brought up that kind of plays into that is is trying to figure out what the uh, healthy eating guidelines are when the media, I'm sorry, the media. It's um, okay. <laughs> is, uh, it, there's all kinds of studies that scientists are publishing every week and then yeah. kind of that's the big story, mm -hmm. right? So it's intermittent fasting or it's eggs are good, eggs are bad. Dairy's good, dairy's bad. You know, um, it's really easy to get distracted by those things. Yeah. And so uh, having a focus on, um, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables if you can, portion control, staying away from fast foods, limiting your soda. You know, if you can do some of those big things, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what the latest research study shows because yeah. I get I get confused. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a hard time making making sense of what comes out each week. Yeah, I mean, one day we're saying coffee's good for you, the next day we're saying coffee's bad. Uh, I, I just don't believe the <laughs> studies that ever say that coffee's bad. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I will say this: I talked to Dr. Simmons, who we had on a couple of weeks back, and I do coffee with him like every other week. And we were we went to Haywood Mall to have cocoa bowls, mm -hmm. and we were like, "This is just a really good." snack but we also feel like it's a dessert almost so we're like yeah. treating ourselves but it's healthy yeah so he was talking and he's like dude you know like ever since i started watching my like exactly what i eat and the calories he was like i don't even have any fulfillment in it he was like i was kind of like a little bit more happy when i was fat and i could eat what i wanted but i was also like cautious of the healthy stuff mm -hmm. but now he's like i look at a box and i'm like calories salt saturated oh my gosh who it jumps out at you, yeah right? he's like i just read he's like i have to read it now and it's like have I become this? <laughs> and he was like, and I'm like, well, I, I feel good. I'm the best shape I've ever been in my life. And he's like, but then again, it comes with like that, that un, that unwanted cautiousness. That's, that's, almost, a, I think know? that's a real important point. Yeah. Uh, and, um, we want food to be food. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to enjoy yeah, food. I want to sit down for a meal and I don't want to have to 
do a mental calculation <laughs> or plug it into my phone. How many calories, how much fat is there? Yeah. Uh, because I mean, one of the reasons I started the cooking doc and got into this is because I love to eat. I mm -hmm. love good food yeah. and to kind of take all the fun and pleasure out of eating food is, uh, is not at all what I think uh, healthy yeah. eating should be about. Yeah. I've always, I've almost found it, um, for me at least recently, it's an exploration. It's mm -hmm. a discovery. Um, to mention cocoa bowls, for example, where there it's. Have you ever had cocoa uh -huh. bowls with the acai bowls and yeah. the fruits and the goji berries? And I mean, it's a mix of flavor that it, it's good for you. you. You cheat a little bit if you get the Nutella on sure. top. I like the Nutella on Go top. Go for it. <laughs> but it's almost an exploration of different flavors, kind of like this sweet potato pizza that I've never had before, cauliflower crust, and other combinations I've found with like pecan encrusted chicken. And things like that, that there are mixtures and experiences I probably would not have found if I didn't go on a healthy eating journey. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for, for a long time, you know, you, you couldn't go out and eat uh, healthy-ish food that wasn't like uh, grilled chicken on a salad. Yeah. Right? I mean, but in the last 10 years, Greenville especially has really... Uh, uh, improved their their options for healthy eating and it's mm -hmm. made it much more of an exploration when you're trying to find uh healthy foods yeah and it does get exciting it does get exciting <laughs> it does because you, you never know what you're going to experience like oh that sounds interesting yeah um or that sounds interesting but that tastes terrible exactly right? yeah. yeah i'd never thought of that combination <laughs> i'm going to avoid it <laughs> right uh, something i did see on, on your website as you were mentioning and and this is why i know you said you love to eat and you were saying how you know, as doctors, you, you learn what's good for the body, but you you don't practice diet, dietitian or nutrition or whatnot. You're not mm -hmm. experts in that. So for you, you kind of saw that missing link and you wanted to kind of educate yourself a little bit more on the food that you put into your body. How has that helped your practice with your patients and the interactions that you have and your ability to help them in their day-to-day? -day? Well, it, when you typically, uh, you know, as a doctor before I kind of, got into this, mm -hmm. if I'm seeing somebody that I think doesn't have the best eating habits, or if I'm seeing somebody that needs to go on a lower sodium diet, or uh, who I think would benefit from um, you know, changing their diet in some ways, mm -hmm. you know, I could leave them and say, okay, before I see you next time, eat a low sodium diet and eat healthier. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would leave them with that. And, and, and that's, that's a recipe for failure. Yeah. No, nobody's going to come back and say, okay, I did everything you said, which was basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, through the website and the cooking doc, it's allowed me to kind of have a, a space where I can give more practical um, advice, how to actually get uh, to the point where you're eating a lower sodium diet. But not only that, but how to create food with a lower sodium diet, not much as much salt that also tastes fabulous, right? Yeah. Because if you, if you tell somebody to eat a lower sodium diet, They've been used to a high sodium diet all their life. All of a sudden they come home, they stop all their salt. They're going to think it's absolutely terrible, yeah. bland. Uh, so kind of helps me uh, connect with them, give them kind of more specific examples. And, and one of the things that really has occurred to me is that even if I, I talk to my patients and, I, and they don't follow specifically what I have to say, mm. the whole... Uh, idea of the cooking doc and my whole passion for the cooking doc you know it seeps in some way to people so that even if they don't make the exact changes or follow the recipes on my website that that they're encouraged that their doctor thinks about healthy eating and good food and so they kind of take it off on a different path but kind of still get to the the same finish line yeah i love because you're pretty much leading by example 
almost where you're you're kind of saying like hey these are things you can do if you want more resources you can follow me and find out what i'm doing which is something i read that resonated with jess and i when we saw you was that you know it's one thing to say okay the cooking doc but to see you up there cooking and and go to your website see the recipes and know that you're on a food journey and you're on these this healthy eating journey it's something that even if we don't follow the exact journey we could take the inspiration which Jess has not stopped talking about the sweet potato pizza, <laughs> but now she wants to kind of explore with other recipes in terms of sweet potato and substituting out for where she we have a quinoa salad that we make. Kale I love and quinoa. it. Yes. Now she wants to chop up some sweet potato and put it in there and, and mix that in. Perfect. And that's just, hey, let's try it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's amazing. Thank you, by the way, for coming to that uh, cooking demo. It was yeah. cold and rainy. So it was I appreciate cold. you being there. <laughs> it was worth it, though. It definitely stuck with us. Have you had any disasters in the kitchen that you you wouldn't mind sharing? <laughs> I mean, I, I I have had so many that I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of a specific example of food that I made that was just terrible. Um, I can't think of anything specifically mm -hmm. other than to say that it happens all the time. Yeah, and. If you're like me, do you eat it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I may eat it, but my family doesn't always eat it. Yeah, I, my daughter is probably my toughest critic. If I'm if I'm making a, a recipe for the website, especially I did some muffins recently, mm -hmm. she made me go through batches and batches before it was uh, <laughs> edible. Before it was perfect and perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, I thought it was good along the way, but she didn't. She's like, mm, not nah. quite there yet. <laughs> well, I'd like to before we kind of wrap it up. I'd like to kind of guess, you know, peek into your family a little bit and in your home life and how that's helped you in in terms of, of your journey, not just as a doctor, but with the cooking doc practice and everything that you've been working on, how important and how how much of part of the cooking doc have they been, even with your daughter signing off on your recipes? <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife's been, she's very helpful with me trying to um, help me craft my message in a way that will reach other people in a way that they will understand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my first pass the way I think about things isn't the way that other people will think about things, especially people maybe that haven't eaten quinoa and kale all their life. Yeah. Um, so, and, and they've been very supportive. My daughter, uh, about four years ago, did a cooking video with me. Nice. And if you haven't watched that, that's probably my favorite video. We make some healthy, uh, they were gluten-free cookies. Mm -hmm. um, now she's 12. She's not quite as interested in uh, coming on and doing another show with me, mm -hmm. but she's, she's my biggest critic sometimes i'll be um uh if i make something that isn't good she tells me absolutely don't put that on the show <laughs> sometimes i'll just be talking in the kitchen and talking about my ingredients and i'm not on the show she's like dad you sound like you're doing a cooking show can yeah. you just talk like a normal person <laughs> <laughs> so they they're they're very supportive and um you know even uh a lot of the inspiration from my eating and cooking came from my my parents and my my grandparents my parents always uh, tried to create a home cooked meal mm -hmm. during the weekdays. They were both busy and working. My grandparents, um, did the same. Yeah. So I think that's really kind of, uh, um, given me the, uh, background that I needed to, to pursue this. Yeah. And one of my last questions on all the podcasts are, are usually, you know, what are the rainbows that, that you're chasing with the cooking doc and everything you're doing? What are some of the goals that you hope to accomplish here in the near and distant future? So I'm writing a book. 
Mm-hmm. So I would love to get that book published. It's a uh, book that has uh, information about kidney health and then uh, and how food affects your kidneys, how to keep your kidneys healthy with what you're eating, and then also recipes to go along with it. Yeah, that's kind of my my short term goal. And then you know the the pie in the sky goal is to be on the Food Network and do the cooking doc with a healthy cooking show and uh, and reach people in a way that um, just has a much broader audience. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for you. I can't wait for that. And I I hope to get more and more recipes from you in in the future and the near future. And for anybody that's at home, probably sitting on the edge of their seats, trying to find some healthy (laughs) recipes and wanting to follow you, where can they reach out and and find some of your your work? My my website is uh, Mm thecookingdoc.co. So that's kind of where I've got the bulk of my work, but I'm uh, active on Instagram at the cooking doc YouTube channel is where we publish all our videos the cooking doc uh and facebook as well nice well i'm excited to to check out more of your videos i'd love to come to the kitchen one day yeah we'll cook together oh my god yeah done (laughs) well i would love to have you do that dr schusterman thank you so much for being on the show today um i'm gonna have all those links on how people can reach you in the show notes so definitely make sure you guys keep an eye out for that and I love what you were saying before in terms of having a good mentor when you were first getting started. Your mentor's name, once again? Mitchell Rosner. And that was uh, pivotal for you in terms of heading into your specialty and all that. So for folks listening, some some tactical tidbits that you could take home. Getting a good mentor is is very helpful in getting to the next level of whatever field you're in. And in terms of diet, Dr. Schusterman, I love when you said, find something you could stick with long-term. A lot of these fad diets, they they can give you the result that you're looking for, but it's not going to stick around because if you go back to the habits that got you to where you didn't want to be. And of course, as uh, Dr. Schusterman says, the cooking doc says, change your buds, right? Hashtag change your buds. Um, You might be used to the sweet tea, maybe lowering the sugar gradually and then uh, putting some of those healthy options that he mentioned, the mint, orange, that can help you kind of get more of a healthier lifestyle. With that being said, at the end of the episode, we always say everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.